one of the biggest obstacles I see come up across the board to really stepping into being their full authentic self is some variation of not enough. Not smart enough. Uh, I don't have enough degrees yet. Not tall enough, not short enough, not whatever enough. This is mostly in reading more Americans, but other cultures too. There seems to be this thread about some limiting belief in there of not enough. Hey, midlifers, welcome to the Midlife Makeover Show. Are you ready to break free from your mundane midlife? Are you feeling trapped in a vicious cycle of rinse and repeat days? No matter if you're experiencing a divorce hangover, job burnout, or you just have the midlife blues, I got you. Hey, I'm Wendy, your hostess of the Midlife Mostess. I too was hit by midlife like a freight train. I too felt stuck in the same dull chapter. I wanted the clarity of how to create a new life beyond divorce and the courage to leave an unfulfilling career. But I kept telling myself that I wasn't worthy and it was just easier to stay in my comfort zone until I found a little secret, the freedom to live my life my way. In this podcast, you will learn how to achieve a vibrant midlife mind and body, how to create solid relationships through love and loss, and how to create an awesome second half of life. Grab your grande latte, pop in your earbuds, and let's get this midlife party started. Grab your Sharpie because it's time to set solid, permanent boundaries in your relationships and in your life. And why do you need boundaries? Boundaries tell the world where you draw the line, where you say yes, and where you say no. Studies have shown that people who have healthy boundaries have higher self-esteem, greater confidence, less burnout, a greater sense of identity, and less stress. Being clear with your boundaries means you are clear with who you are and how you live your life. To help you set clear boundaries, I created a free guidebook called the Boundary Boss Blueprint. Please go to wendyvalentine.com forward slash boundary to receive your free download so you too can be a boundary boss with less stress, higher self-esteem, and greater health and happiness. Welcome back to the Midlife Makeover Show. As always, it is great to have you here with me in this magical place we call midlife. Question for you. Do you ever wonder if you're on the right path in life? Or maybe you know you're not on the right path and you're lacking the clarity to find your way. On today's episode, you will learn how to increase your intuition, allowing you to see, hear, and know the next steps to take in your life. By using simple methods, you will receive the answers you are seeking. Isn't that wonderful? You will also learn how to release the fear. This is probably the biggest part of it all, right? That holds you back from being your authentic self and walking your true path in life. Today's guest, Julia Harrell, will help guide you to your greatest life. Julia is a clairvoyant and spiritual development coach who helps highly sensitive people, empaths, and intuitives to overcome their sensitivities, heal themselves, and thrive. She was a (laughs) former rock drummer in San Francisco. That is so freaking awesome. I can't wait to hear more about that. Trying to escape the inner noise in her head before she began meditating and found her true place in the world through spiritual training and practice. What a story. 
Since 2008, she has guided thousands of students through professional readings, healings, and teachings, and now witnesses miracles weekly as her students wake up to who they truly are as they begin to understand their purpose in the world. She is a she is a contributing author in the upcoming book Harmony and Chakras Volume 3 Raising Happy and Healthy Children for Entrepreneurs Working at Home by Olivia Whiteman. Julia is also currently working on her own book Go Girl Sensitivity as a Strength. I like that. Your path to spiritual awakening. Welcome to the show, Julia. Great to be here. Thanks, Wendy. All right, take take us back. You I mean, the one thing that stuck out to me was, yeah, your world of being the the drumming world and what changed for you. What and why were you trying to even drown out the true Julia? I didn't know that it was noise in my head I was trying to drown out. I mean, I've been a I started drumming when I was a little girl, actually. Mm-hmm. I would make a drum set out of uh, we had this red laundry basket, and then my sister's diaper pail, the yellow <laughs> one, and um, somehow I had a real snare drum from Sears or something. You know, I asked my parents later, what are you thinking giving a two-year-old a drum, a girl, a drum? They, yeah. And mom said, I just thought you would like it. And I'm just always drumming and stuff. So the drumming was always in me. But as I got older and partying was part of growing up and stuff, I had all these sensitivities that I wouldn't have said. Back then, we didn't talk about empath or HSP, highly sensitive person. That just wasn't a thing. It was you're too sensitive and that's a problem. And and you're just always going to have this problem. But inside, I knew there's actually power here. Yeah, but I didn't know how to express it. So the drums gave me a voice to uh-huh. to have that power, and I would just I just love digging in on like a hard rock and roll. I had to do jazz for a while because that's like the thing. When I finished school, and um, yeah, my favorite was uh, playing in rock clubs and um, making music together, creating music together. When I moved to San Francisco, to back up for a minute, coming into that, I had a master's in music. And so I thought, I'll teach college. I did later. But I was just on that path, teach college, teach college. And it's all just study, 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 do your books, practice, 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 you know. (laughs) And um, there was a big turning point. One of my turning points was leaving Texas and moving to California, following that dream, following that intuition and going, this is not my path, which is Mm. a big part of your audience, right? You look around and go, well, school told me that's the next step is you teach college and this is how you do it. And I'm like, no, I want to play rock and roll and go to California. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you do, right? (laughs) So that's what I did. And I came out and uh, I actually took the master's degree off my resume just to get a job I actually did that yeah that is so funny it was (laughs) where most people are adding that like this idea like um I just I have to have the day job and do the rock and roll thing you know so I'm playing in clubs and and you know we get paid in beer and a little bit of money at the door or something um living that kind of fantasy life 
for a while and just playing all up and down Bay Area. And parts of it I loved and part of it I was scared because of where we had to rehearse. <laughs> mm, yeah, I bet. But inside me, there was something that wasn't having expression anywhere. Anywhere, The loud rock kind of gave that uh, in, inner uh, yeah. <laughs> a place to, to, to express, but I didn't have the words or the emotion or the intuition built yet to know what else was inside of me bubbling up, wanting to come out. It wasn't until I put the beer away and I started mm. meditating immediately. And then it was like, oh, there's a whole nother world. I didn't know. It's like, you know, it's there, but that's like yeah. for the woo-woo people. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> like me. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of interesting. I was just thinking it was more like it wasn't so much the external noise as it was your internal noise. Nailed it. Yes. Yeah. For me, I didn't realize until much later, I was picking up more like telepathy, you could say, the the, the thoughts uh, that are going around. Mm-hmm. When you pick up on an intuitive level, it doesn't have to be just seeing things or feeling things. Mm-hmm. You could be aware of thoughts. You could also be aware of just knowingness. You walk in a room and you just know something big went down. Yep. You know? These are all different levels of tuning into our in, intuition, uh, of our intuitive knowingness. But for me, yeah, I didn't realize I was trying to shut out the the noise in my head, which was I was picking up other people's thoughts. Yes, I know. I can relate to that. Uh, I know I shared with you, like, even since a child, I'd always been very more so... And we can I'll let you break down like the different types, but there's clairsentient, clairvoyant. Isn't there another one? Claire. There's yeah, there's kind of there's seven or so main ones. Yeah. And clairsentient is more of like feeling, like the emotions. Correct. And Correct. I was always like that as a kid and and even in my 20s and 30s. And like it would go in waves depending on what was going on in my life. And I never knew really how to manage it all. And so I would get very like down. Like if I, like if I walk into a room with a lot of negative energy, or if I'm with someone, I'm talking to someone, I mean, now I, I, now I can handle it. But back then it was very overwhelming to me, like to the point I would just become nauseous and I couldn't like, cause I was absorbing everyone else's emotions and I would yeah. feel it. I was like, oh my gosh. And then I was like, is there something wrong with me? Like, what is it? But then, like, there's a part of me, I knew it wasn't all me, but I just didn't know how to like separate that out and to cut that noise. Yes. Yeah. Excellent. That can yeah. be adjusted and yeah. you can manage that ability. It's often yeah. one of the first abilities, intuitive abilities to wake up. And the way it's mechanically works in the body is the energy center below the belly button. So in a woman in that female space, mm-hmm. and that's where that, that energy, because when you look clairvoyantly, you can see how the energy is running and it goes into the energy, it steps down into the energy system, into the glands, part of the endocrine system, and then out into nerve plexus and into the, uh, which then you would um, feel it on um, like an anxiety level. It yes. would overload the the nerves and stuff. So yep. that's kind of how that technically steps down. So if you feel, if that ability is open and like, 
out, yes. you know, um, on its own. You're not trying to. This is kind of a misconception out there that you're absorbing, you know, as an empath, yeah. you're absorbing things. You don't walk in a room going, I want your stuff. <laughs> yeah, I know. I definitely don't. I have enough baggage on my own. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it but it's an intuitive ability that's it's it's an energy and it opens up and it flares out uh, much like a dolphin is pinging in the environment. Where's where's the girl dolphin? Where's the boy dolphin? Where's mm. Where's the fish? Where's yeah. the boat? And it's pinging out and gathering information, gathering data to 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 learn to manage, you know, what's what's going on in our environment. But you can dial that down. You can definitely dial it down and separate what's my energy and what's somebody else's. This is often the first ability to wake up, and then you would move towards more upper centers because then you can see somebody walks in across the room and then you can use the upper centers to just see and know what's going on with mm -hmm. that person without having to match it so it's a matching vibration you're not actually absorbing you're matching it like a string would vibrate mm -hmm. and so then when that like somebody walks in the room maybe it's a guy that's angry and that's going to be really unpleasant in a female body yes. male anger and it vibrates like a string at a certain rate. <clears throat> yep. You could, you can almost see mm -hmm. it. And then if you're tuned in on that level with that energy center below the belly button, which that's where your digestion is. Hello. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's why I get nauseous. Yep. And, and then you start matching that. And then that guy walks away, but now you still have that match of a male anger vibrating here. And then yeah. all of a sudden later in the day, you feel like, oh, I'm angry. Yep. I'm feeling anger. I must be angry. Yep. But it wasn't your anger to start with. It gets tricky that way because we just think if there's anger in my space, I'm angry. But yep. not so with clair clairsentience or the ability yeah. to feel energy. I think for me, when I learned more about that we are we're basically this little ball of energy. I mean, we're 99.9999% energy, right? Like very teensy, teensy, tiny bit matter. And it mm -hmm. matters because you are more energy. You're, you're vibrating. Everyone is vibrating, like all these little balls of energy going around and, and emotions, emotions, thoughts, feelings, all of it is energy and it's all putting out vibrations. And I'm trying to think like, what is the, the, I think the highest is joy, gratitude, as far as on the, the level of energy, right. Yes. Our vibration and yes. then depression, uh, resentment. Ang Interestingly, anger is a few notches above sadness or grief because or anger. Yeah. I've always, I've always like, once I learned that I was like, okay, anger's not so bad because it's not moving up. It's, it's, you don't want to hang yeah. with it for a long time, but anger can also motivate. It can also move. Yes. Whereas sadness, depression is kind of like, doesn't small. Move. yes, it's like still like a, yes, yeah. like a murky puddle, you know? Um, but once you learn a little bit more about that, knowing that you are energy everyone is energy, everything is energy, then you start to tap into like, wait a second, everything is energy. And you out there listening, you have control of your energy. And once you right. learn to like kind of laser focus in on your energy, it's like, oh, you're not 
quote unquote, absorbing or taking in and knowing when, when is like, this is my energy. That is somebody else's energy. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Like, I'm not going to carry this around with me. Like, I'm not going to carry all this luggage around with me. Mm-hmm. I'll let him carry that. I'll let her carry that, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think too, is, you know, as when you're extra sensitive, when you're an empath, you tend to be extra caring and like, let me carry yes. that for you. Oh, I don't want you to hurt and be in pain. Let me carry your baggage for you. And next thing you know, you've got like a U-Haul truck full of luggage that you're <laughs> pulling around your whole life. Well, they're natural, often natural healers. They do yes. love helping and healing, yeah. but we have to learn how to manage that. You know, it's oh. like, I love working with other healers, helpers, leaders guides that work with other people so you don't pick up and take home some of the uh, energy you were working with of your client. And we yeah. also also have to look at just because I'm aware of their pain doesn't mean I have to help them. There might be another way to help them or they might have somebody else. This came up with a client the other day. <clears throat> she came in with uh, PTSD having served in the military and some pretty Mm. extreme stuff. And um, in a couple of sessions, she really, this was a healing package she wanted to do because there were many, many areas of life she was wanting to transform. Mm. It's not so much transforming as uncovering who you really are. Yes. Because we we get these other identities that we think this is who I'm supposed to be. I'm, you know, I'm this person in this neighborhood and, you know, this bracket or whatever. It's really my job is to point out, hey, this is you're a leader and a guide. You go first and then the troops follow, you know, Mm -hmm. and of course, you're going to get more arrows that way energetically as well as you know, physically perhaps, but yeah. Um, yeah. And she started to uncover more of who she really was. And then it was like, like on a scale of one to 10, where the anxiety was when you came in and it was like an eight and now it's like a two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's amazing. But then her abilities started to wake up and then she realized I'm seeing the truth around me and it's upsetting. Mm. So because I see the truth, do I need to work with child trafficking or this mm. political thing or the truth about this or that, you know, and, and I had, had to uh, just coach that, yay, your, abil- your ability to see and know truth, which for a leader is what your yeah. guidepost is. Right. Truth. truth. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. just because you see it and know it as truth doesn't mean that you're the person that needs to fix it and change it. Just like maybe a contractor driving down the road and sees that roof needs repaired. We need some paint over here. That gate needs fixed. We need that, uh, you know, yard needs update or what. It's not all theirs to do just because they're aware of it. So then that's a good analogy. I might have to use that. (laughs) You know, uh, when you were saying earlier about with your client and basically she was, uncovering everything that was not her. And yes. it made me think of uh, Michelangelo when they asked him how he carved the statue of David. And he's like, oh, that's easy. I just chiseled away at everything that was not him. I carved yeah. away and then discovered the angel in the tree and in the marble. And so it's just like us, like, especially I feel when you get in your forties and your fifties 
and you've been busy, like, you know, school, college, finding a mate and having children and having the house in the burbs and climbing the corporate ladder and blah, blah, blah. And then you're, you wake up one day and we're like, wait, who am I? Like, what path am I on? Did I go on this path? Did I mean to go on this path? Am I just been wandering aimlessly through life? Like, I mean, I love that you had said about waking up because that's how I kind of think of it is it's like we're yeah. uh, many of us are sleepwalking through life. We're just like not even aware of what we're doing. And then or pleasing others. Yes. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, the number one regret of the dying is actually uh, living for everybody else. Yeah. And I, well, I mean, for me, that was me. I, I totally live for everybody else. As a matter of fact, I was a chameleon to the point that I would change myself, my behaviors, even what I would do for a living, everything to make sure that everybody else was happy but me, which is yeah. awful. But many of us do that. Well, yeah, we're sort of yeah. taught that way from school. You read a book, somebody else gave you the book, yep. you read it, and then you remember it. Mm-hmm. And that makes you a good student if you remember things. Yeah. So we're taught that right from the beginning. And then so we go through, well, I, I need to write. I, I want to learn about self-development. I, I read a book and I remember it. Or, mm-hmm. you know, I take a class and I remember it and I do the steps that they say. That's a difference. It's technically a different space in the in your awareness in the head. It's a little further back mm-hmm. and is where we recall all that stuff. The intuitive space in terms of a technique you mentioned early on, mm-hmm. be in the center of the head here. That's where you get mm. the intuitive downloads. We haven't had permission to do that before. Mm. We haven't been instructed. That's a thing. That's where music comes from. That's where art yeah. comes from. That's where the next impulse to make a new gadget that makes it yeah. easier for humanity. It doesn't come in a book that somebody else wrote about already being done. We can get inspired mm-hmm. by that. Yes. But the download, and this is for our own next step too, comes from that place in the center of the head. This was something I didn't know when I started meditating. And I I started meditating. This is back when you're reading books before the internet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those things, books, yeah. <laughs> books, you go, you know, you have to, or you have to go to the store, the bookstore and buy it and put it in your hands. <laughs> and and I would read the thing and I'm meditating. But I just shot out of my body. I had no idea that where you're located when you meditate makes all the difference. If Mm. I float up and go 15 feet up because that's what I'm used to and I'm just spaced out or somebody might say disassociated, I'm just, I've just left the body and I'm like, it's better up there. (laughs) Like I want to hang out here on this cloud. There's no pain. There's no noise up there. But I also am not bringing down to the physical that intuition, that next step, guiding others or anything. So that's where this is like, be the antenna right in the center of the head, above your ears, kind of back a little bit behind the eyeballs. And that's one. Like basically in the center inside your head. Yeah. Yeah, there's a sweet spot. You can kind of wiggle around in there and you'll find it. So how do you get in there? How do you get into that little sweet spot? Yeah, you're already there. So this is, I'm Mm -hmm. talking to you, the awareness, you, the spirit, you, the soul. Mm -hmm. And these are two different spaces. If you think about, just back up for a minute, near-death experiences where you hear a person say, "I'm, I'm in a car accident, and then they say, I, 
am above looking down. Yeah. Notice that there's there's two. There's mm. the body and then there's the one saying I. Yeah. So that I am saying is the awareness. And so be that awareness in the center of the head. Mm. As if you're putting your hand in a glove. You know, let the awareness come in as the hand, the bigger part mm-hmm. operating the glove, the 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 body personality part. Yeah. That's the shift to start being the awareness. And this is what humanity is growing and moving into right now is becoming more that awareness, becoming more the intuitive self. The older patterns are dropping to the wayside. We see this in the world around us and politically and all sorts of patterns. We are a lot of us. Yeah. The world is waking up. And it's happening intuitively, internally as well. Yes. So it's not going to be an option going down the road. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're welcome to, to fight it. Everyone's welcome to. Oh, oh I think, um, and I think many of us, myself included, just like I was saying that uh, we, ha- we did fight it. We've been fighting it for a yeah. long time. And I, I was thinking about this before we had started our interview today that I was like, why, why do we fight that? you know? And I'm like, why did I fight that? I use my own, like as a Guinea pig. And I, well, I'll tell you what though, it means just taking myself as the Guinea pig. And as an example, if I've started to pay attention to my true self and the true path, then that meant that I would have to make some changes, some tough yeah. changes in my life. <laughs> and that's what kept me away. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to ignore that that real, the true authentic self, the real Wendy, because damn it, she's going to have to go do some shit in the world. And I, there was, I was terrified of it. And, you know, there's that quote from Marianne Williamson, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we're powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness that most frightens us. So we're actually more terrified of our true essence, our soul, our spirit of our true calling in life. We're more terrified of that than the crappy life that we might be living. It's right? true. Yeah. And that was me. Yeah. It's a hundred percent true. Yeah. And another way to look at it from spirit to spirit perspective, if we go back to the near death person, the yeah. little me in the car accident and the bigger me looking at the whole thing from a neutral standpoint and going, yeah gosh, I wonder if that hurts. There's no pain up here. Yeah. What we're, the step we're doing in humanity is, is becoming more the bigger me. And the the part that's, that's, that's complaining is the little me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The part that doesn't, that's been in charge prior is going, no, don't change. I want to stay in charge. That, that, that body personality that's gotten good at being at my job and knowing how to relate to people is like, I know how to do this. That part doesn't want to give up control, mm-hmm. but that's, that's where people go through kind of, it feels like a metamorphosis or a death part of it. It's like a death of the ego and putting the bigger mm-hmm. me in charge, Yeah, but it's not, it's, it's not fun. <laughs> no, it's not fun, but it's a must. And, you know, I was just thinking, I'm like, I don't think I could have done it the other way around. I think I needed that darkness. I've, it's like the dichotomy of life, right? Like you wouldn't Don't know light if you didn't know dark. You wouldn't know love if you didn't know fear. It's all part of it. And for me, I was at a turning point in my life where, all right, here's your choice. You either stay here 
crying on the bathroom floor, being miserable, right? And being, you know, sick and depressed and complaining and wah, 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 wah. Or you get up off your ass, pull up your bootstraps and do something about it. Yeah. And I was like, okay, fine. Because I, the way I looked at it, you have to put an effort either way, right? And then as I weighed it out on the scale, kind of, sort of, it was staying in that shitty place was heavier yes. than heading towards that light. Although it might be scary, it, the light was, well, for lack of a better word, lighter. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, two things about that. I'll tell you from spirit perspective, but also from my own experience, I've been through a couple of life situations where the entire rug got pulled out. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. But you know, I look back and I go, I was always intuitive and interested. I mean, even as a mm -hmm. little kid, I remember seeing like books about ESP and I thought, oh, that sounds right. <laughs> yes, I know. Yeah, I know. Right. Me too. Yeah. But then, you know, you go through life or please people go to Girl Scouts and, you yep. know, take the classes and just do what's in front of you. Right. But in yep. the back of my mind, there's something there. So the rug got pulled out. Like one big one was um, break up with a boyfriend, move, cat died, um, spiritual mm. community got pulled out from under me, couldn't go there. And that's all my friends too. Yeah. So that was everything across mm. the board and no, no job. And I had to move. Yeah. <laughs> that was me too. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there goes the entire rug, not fun, not pleasant, but part of my journey. And it kind of forced me to go inside and quit just, okay, I'm taking these classes. Meanwhile, I had been taking classes. I started taking clairvoyant development and this was not because I thought I was clairvoyant or I wanted to tell anybody's future. It was fun and I was learning and I was growing. And I knew I was intuitive, but those words didn't really work for me and clairvoyant. But the more yeah. I opened that up, the more I was like, oh my God, through looking and seeing on somebody what's going on with somebody else, you not only help them, but I learned so much yes. for myself and for humanity or whatever. It's cool. But the other yeah. part of it is looking from spirit's pers perspective we all have like a big sister, big brother, primary guide that's been with us throughout our life. And they're there not to judge. They're there like cheerleaders. And if you watch from their perspective, there's they're like, yeah, you dated that, uh, that person or you married that person. What did you learn? Did you enjoy the experience? There's no judgment on it. Yeah. And it's like, it, as long as you, you learn something, that's all good. Yep. You know, there's, there's really no judgment from that perspective. Oh, definitely not. I, I think we can all learn from, from our experiences in life. I, as a matter of fact, I would be pissed if somebody took away my crappiest moments in life because they have been my greatest, my greatest breakdowns have been my greatest breakthroughs and I yeah. wouldn't be where I'm at today. And even though I still might get triggered by some of those past events in my life, I can now process them much quicker and have gratitude at the end of that trigger. And I think that's, that's key, but in, in getting to that place, it does allow you to get to your true self and to start kind of picking up those crumbs that lead you to your true path. Right. Yeah. So definitely. if is, would you say, what is the, like the number one thing that someone can do to try to start tapping into that 
that beautiful center to themselves? Well, let me um, let me kind of reframe one of the biggest obstacles I see come up across the board mm -hmm. to really stepping into being their full authentic self is some variation of not enough. Mm. Yep. Not smart enough. Uh, I don't have enough degrees yet. Not tall enough, not short enough, not whatever enough. Yep. This is mostly in reading more Americans, but other cultures too. There seems to be this thread about some limiting belief in there of not enough. Mm -hmm. And I would say anytime that comes up, have a grounding cord under you, like it's a big trash chute and just mm -hmm. let that idea that little niggling thought that comes out, if you look at it clairvoyantly, it's like, here goes this little gray thought form kind of pulls out like Harry Potter. Did you ever see the uh, Harry Potter? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when they're pulling thought forms out of the guy, they can use their wand, you know, but they pull a thought form. It does kind of look like that, like a, yeah. like this silvery gray, you know, and, or it can be different thought forms, different colors, but it's a thought form. It comes out and then just toss it down the grounding cord. You're that much more free to becoming who you really are because that me on the ceiling in the near death they're complete we are mm -hmm. complete as that being do you ask yourself questions like who am i what is my purpose why am i living a life i don't love answers to these questions and more are revealed in the new freedom at midlife group coaching program where I offer you a guaranteed roadmap to your own midlife makeover. In this powerful seven-week program, you will learn the seven steps to freedom method to help you discover who you want to become, what life you want to live, and most importantly, how to get there. Instead of being lost in life, miserable in menopause, or struggling to juggle it all, you could reignite your love life, retire that dreadful job, and reinvent yourself. So, if you're ready to begin your midlife journey of transformation filled with accountability, guidance, and support, then the time is now. Your midlife needs you to make a move. The Freedom at Midlife program is opening for enrollment soon with limited spots available. To be the first to know when we are open for enrollment, please join the waitlist now at freedomatmidlife.com and you will soon discover that next courageous step in creating your epic second half of life. That is such good advice. And I, uh, I totally agree. That's, I've always said like, that was the number one thing that changed my life was starting to pull those nasty thoughts and those, I can't do this. I'm not good enough. I'll never be loved. I'm not yeah. worthy. Like when you start to really pay attention to that, and if you have to do that through meditation or just by, you know, I, sometimes I feel like the more it, it becomes habitual that you catch it. I'm like, I, even earlier today, I, I had a, a thought of like, oh God, I'm, I can never get all of this done. And it was like, even that alone was, I can never get all this done. Like how negative is that? Like it just, I'm talking crap to myself, which is awful. And so I would immediately go, of course I can get everything done. I'm doing the best that I can. And I like, I replace it with a positive affirmation. And exactly. Yep. And then if we're sleepwalking, then those thoughts are swirling around in your mind without you noticing it. Yeah. I coach yeah. people to bank up two on the positive list too. So <laughs> 
Like oh, if you pull the, here's a negative thought, that's kind of normal. That's being human. Yep. One thing is to not put ourselves down for having that, yep. but recognize that, oh, I'm going to be that much more free. I found another Easter egg that's yep. been, or sandbag <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's been holding me back. Yep. I'm going to pull that out. Oh, yay. I found one. Uh, and, and let that yeah. go, but then bank up two positives, you know, mm. um, um, I am amazing. I am love. Yeah. I am. Yeah. Yeah. I am worthy beyond worthy of finding a great career. Yeah. I love that. Two and it can one. be small stuff too. It doesn't have, you're not ready yep. to say, I love myself yet. Yep. Uh, I was helpful to my neighbor today, or yes. I'm a good listener today, or mm-hmm. I tried a new food today, you know, bank up some yep. positive stuff. It doesn't have to be grandiose. I always say that your mind is either your best friend or your worst enemy. Your greatest well, cheerleader. Yeah. It's true. And, you yeah. know, to, to paint the picture, when you look clairvoyantly, it's yeah. like, you know, the Snoopy and Linus uh, cartoons yeah, as a kid. Yeah. And there's the character Pigpen that was always characterized with these, just a fog bank around him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's sort of what it looks like clairvoyantly when when reading someone and there's like a negative belief about them. Um, it can sit out there like a, a like a, a little football-sized ball of like a blue-gray energy. I'll never yeah. get there. And if each day we wake up and we go, I'm going to work on that not getting there. Oof, wait a minute. You just grew that even bigger because we yep. put our creative life force to what we didn't want. And so each day, and then you wake up the next day, I'm going to take a workshop. I'm going to, I'm going to take a, read a book. I'm going to join a a class of people that Mm -hmm. feel the same. And we don't realize that inadvertently we make that grow. And that thought form that started out maybe as a a pebble in an oyster, it's growing and growing. And if instead we put our attention of who we really are and what we want to grow, then that naturally grows there. But again, I'm mm-hmm. a good listener. I, I enjoy helping people and, you know, little things. And yeah. Then, what, what is it? The, that, uh, where that, your attention goes is where the energy flows, right? It's exactly what it looks like. Yeah. I've even read people where <clears throat> there was um, like one lady, she came in, she just wanted a man just find me a man. I'm like, I don't have that up my sleeve. You know, I but I can read the energy that's, that's holding you back from becoming magnetic to attract the one yes. you're looking for. So I'm reading energy and I go, bing. I said, oh, there's this place in the head and here it's, it looks like this card in there. And then the two lines of energy, like if there's neurons here, they're not they're not connecting over here. Mm-hmm. And it represents a limiting belief or something. Like really the yeah. image of it. Just, oh, well, that's that's where I had a surgery. Mm-hmm. And they put a clamp or something there. And um, and the limiting belief was, I don't know what it was, something in the not enough variety. Yeah. You know, and so seeing that and she's able we heal ourselves, right? And so I'm just pointing out this is you, oh this part here's not you, but so much energy went on to that not enough plate in there mm-hmm. that that it it 
physically formed. And then she she really got it and she forgave it. And I just watched that thing melt away. Her abilities opened up also mm. of seeing a knowing spirit. And uh, and she did meet the man <laughs> and she's married and there. They're... Was he in your sleeve after all? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I saw him in her aura and it, it's well, this yeah. is what he looks like. And he's got good hair and about this size and he's like this. And you, what you do together is up to you. But, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really what it comes down to, like what you were saying earlier, it's in order to get to the tranquility of your soul, you have to cut the noise of your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. you start there because it would be so hard to like cut through all that. But you yeah, get to- there again, if we spend all our energy on that thing that we don't want, I'm going to cut energy today. I'm going to cut energy today. Look at me. I'm cutting energy today. I'm cutting yes. more energy. Sometimes yeah. we do just take a handful and go, okay, that's less in that, that wheelbarrow, but then still bank up the validation side. Ooh, to I'm going to start really doing are. that. I'm going to bank up all day long. It's yeah. really transformative. Yeah. And I find, I mean, there are times that are more difficult than others. Like if you're going through something challenging in your life, I would say that's even more of a time to pay attention yeah. to your thoughts and your emotions. And I think of emotions, emotion, like energy in motion. And don't let those emotions stick, like let them flow through you like a river. I used to like just cling, I'd hang on to it. And yeah, now I'm like, I recognize it. And like, and if it does need to hang on for a little bit, I'm like, okay, okay what, what are you trying to teach me? I mean, I had something a few days ago that's something that bubbled up and I was like, damn, I was like, why is this here? What, 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 you know? And I'd ask myself, like, try to get underneath it. What's, what is it trying to teach me? Why is this showing up again? And then once I get underneath it, I'm like, oh, okay, got it. Okay. Because for me, I don't, I think for all of us, we don't want to hang on to stuff. Like we, <laughs> you get so piled on. It's like, oh, I can't carry it anymore. And once you start, like you've been working so hard to chisel away at stuff, you know, like Michelangelo, you don't want someone going right behind you, like putting the marble back on. You're like, God dang it. I just chiseled that away. You know, <laughs> like, no, I'm trying to get to my inner self. Right. Yeah, well, I love that. And one of the things that I love helping people with is where did that limiting belief come from? Yeah, and very often it's early in life. Yeah, and it and it doesn't have to be a grand story. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Dad dropped me on my head or anything, or that the house went down in flames. Yeah. It could be just a decision that we made about ourselves at that yeah. time. Mom mm-hmm. and Dad are gone. I'm here alone it's up to me. I'm all alone. And and that I'm all alone sticks. And then Mm -hmm. if you're looking from spirit, like your your guide is there as your cheerleader going, okay, we're going to work on letting go of this. I'm all alone picture. Let's try it with this scenario. Now, when you're 12, okay, you learned a little bit more, but you didn't quite get it. Now let's try it again at 19. Oh, okay. You learned a little more, didn't quite get it. And then you kind of get this, it looks like a Jenga uh, stack. And so usually uh, therapy mm. and stuff, we, we start pulling the Jenga off from the top, mm. right? But if you look to the bottom, where did this start? And you can use your intuitive awareness to find that, oh, three years old, uh, aunt so-and-so, and this thing was going on. And you, you find that limiting belief. It's usually not about 
that person did it to me. It was that happened, but here's the decision I made to myself. Yes. And then you can pull that Jenga pin and then you don't have to solve all the other stuff. You just mm. not there. Move on, moving on, you know. Yeah, that is such a do. good you have great analogies. The Jenga. Yeah. That's what it yeah, looks like. I know. <laughs> yeah, I think it is helpful. And and for a while there in my life, I thought, well, is it really helpful for me to know exactly where this came from? But then I do think it is because I know this might sound corny and I'm okay with that. But like, for example, I was abandoned when I was nine or 10 years old. I don't have a, I can't remember what age I was, but it was all kind of a blur um, afterwards. But I had to go back and revisit that horrible moment in my life so that I could clear that. So I could clear that noise in my mind. So I could talk to that little nine-year-old girl and say, I am so sorry that you were abandoned, but you are worthy of being loved and you don't need to be, you will not be abandoned again. You are, you know, I, now it's like, I talk to that little girl and tell her like, if she ever feels scared again, I have to like, okay. So it's good. I think to it's, it's not easy to revisit those traumatic events. But it's necessary, I feel, in order to move on. And some people are able to like revisit it and be like, oh, that's where it came from. Cool. I know that was bullshit. You know, <laughs> I'm moving on. And sometimes it requires some therapy, lots of meditation, like whatever you have to do to get past that one event that is holding you back from your true self. But look at how that serves your purpose now of talking to people around the world about yes. loving yourself. And you went to all yeah. that school for yep. yourself. I'm going to go to therapy. I'm going to take this class. I'm going to learn about oh, this. Yeah. It's like going, going to grad school Yep. to, to be an expert in, in this piece. And now yeah. naturally you would share it. Yeah. And that I would definitely put on my resume. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be something if if we we looked at this Earth School and more of what are you learning about yourself versus how much money do you make doing stuff in the I world? Know, right. You don't take the stuff with you, but you do take the oh. growth. Mm -mm. I'll tell you, one of the greatest things was getting rid of all my stuff, like everything oh, I gosh. have. Like, I, I mean just inside that RV and inside this, in yeah. the condo in Madeira, it just fits into a little suitcase. Like I don't even own this furniture. It's great. I just like pack my suitcase and I go, but it's very liberating. Yeah. But it frees my uh, physical time and my energy and which allows more for being able to do other things and experience more things. But yeah. so what else would you say is a way for them to overcome their fears of really stepping on that right path. Peer pressure can be a fear too, because yeah. we grow up wanting to be part of the tribe, wanting to be accepted in the community. But if you're starting uh -huh. to grow and shift and change, it would be the same as if you're like in a group of people partying and one person decides, you know, I think I want to get sober or I think yeah. I want to not drink or use. And, and the pull from the group is, hey, where are you going? Come back with us, yeah. you know, but it, and, and it's, it can be similar if you're wanting to shift and change. I've been in my cubicle all my life, but I know there's something more for me out there. I know there's something more I want to express. I want to help people. I, want, I don't want to just do numbers mm -hmm. and 
make a living, there may be some peer pressure to kind of pull you back, stay on your path, you know, Mm -hmm. be true to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And let them come to you. Because like the group of people partying, maybe they would see your life now is really great. You thought it was before, but now it's just off the hook. And some people might go, oh, tell me about that. Exactly. Or you'll have the other side of that where there will be people people that will be allergic to your happiness and to your joy and fulfillment in life. They'll be like, oh my God, because you're changing the, the dynamic. Yeah. Which it, it, it's also like saying, I'm like, oh shit, maybe I need to do something with my life. You know? Yeah. It does. It lights up that part of them that can't have where you are. So that's the allergic part is when you're in this happiness and somebody comes in and they can't have happiness for some reason, then that can be a conflict in their space. Go, why am I in conflict? Mm, It's your fault. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Don't let that. Whenever you move past, but stay on your path. Yeah. When you move past your fears, it will wake up other people's fears. Like it, as a matter of fact, when I, um, when I embarked on my solo RV journey across the country and I, I could tell other people were scared because it wasn't that they're like, aren't you scared of being alone? Aren't you scared of this? Aren't you scared of that? I was like, no, no, but they were like, it was, it was triggering something for them. And, and then there were, I mean, I did lose some friendships, some relationships, but I attracted a new tribe yes. that was more in alignment with me. I mean, this is my tribe, even the tribe I'm speaking to right now, like this is my tribe. This is where Wendy has, was meant to be all along. But again, yes. looking back at my life, I, I don't regret anything. I don't believe there's mistakes in life, only retakes. So it's like at any time you can decide to pivot and retake and, and start on that path. And it's, gosh, it's worth it, isn't it? I mean, I mean, when you look back at your life, do you like, like, wow. I was on a path to, to marry a guy and move and be his wife and probably uh-huh. raise his kids, uh-huh. you know, and, and be second when we both had the same career objectives, but yeah. I would have agreed to be second. And part of me, I would have agreed to do that. And I knew had I done that and I would just be the soccer mom and I would have, you know, I wouldn't have, you know, done, done my own stuff. Now everybody's journey is different. Some people need that parent experience. Yeah. They need the, the, all these different experiences. I'm just speaking for myself, but it was yeah. about being authentic to me. Yeah. And and realizing a part of me is not having expression here. It really takes courage to look inside yeah. and see what is that. And and it for me it was everything had to fall away to go. Oh, take a look at this picture right here. Yeah. <laughs> been sitting in front of your eyeballs the whole time, and you're like, no, I don't want to look at that. I'm going to look around it. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to see that. I know it's easier not to change. <laughs> oh, for sure. So much easier to stay in your little comfy zone, even if your comfort zone is uncomfortable. Yeah, sure. That was me. Like, I mean, even living a comfortable, monotonous life, it was just okay. Like, yeah. well, and I could, I would, I would even try to find something to complain about. I like, but deep down, I just wasn't happy. I'm like, why am I not happy? And then I would 
I would argue with myself on that. Or Wendy, you're, then there, it was interesting that there was that voice, which was the critic saying, Wendy, you're never happy. You're never happy. Gosh, why can't you just stay right where you're at? Oh, you poor thing. You have this nice house in the burbs. Wah, wah, wah. But is that your voice or is it someone no, else? Definitely not my voice. That's, that's mm-hmm. the critic. That's like that voice was the, all those limiting beliefs all wrapped up in there. And yeah. that created this monster basically. Until I finally, you know, woke up and said, wait a minute, no, I'm just, I'm just not happy. No, I don't care about the house and the burbs. I want to go. I'm tired of this. Like, so yeah, it's a, it's a, it can be a tough journey, but, but I think when you embark on that journey, there's no turning back because, you know, I think even Einstein said, once your mind has been expanded. You can't yeah. go back. Like you they're can't like put the genie back in the bottle. Yeah. But the but the other thing is we're expanding, we're growing as a humanity, as our consciousness, our awareness is growing and expanding. Do you want to stay the small bud or do you want to yeah. grow and expand? It's here, it's available to us. And this next this year and the next couple of years, we're gonna naturally get pushed to take a look at that. So how do you mm. choose? to work with that. Do you want to run away and go, no, I don't want to change. That can be your choice. Or do you want to embrace it and go, I'm scared. I don't like this, but I'm willing, Mm -hmm. you know, we can always start there. Yeah. Yeah. You're exactly right. Yeah. So, uh, what, what do you offer? Do you have services, what services, products, courses, tell us all about it. Sure. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I offer one-on-one readings, which is very healing. And I have healing packages. Then I have online courses, which is, uh, I have one for people who feel too sensitive for this world and, or maybe work with other people, even like end of life care or, you know, therapists or uh, anybody that works with others and certainly all kinds of energy workers, how to manage your own energy when you're working with others. So you don't get sidetracked or derailed Mm-hmm. Um, then I have uh, another online class for really opening up your intuitive abilities. And then I have live Zoom classes. Um, okay. I'll also be speaking at a summit, Becoming a Better You in Castro Valley, February uh, 17th. It's a fundraiser Ooh. for America. Castro Valley, <clears throat> where's that? It's in uh, Northern California, oh. Bay Area. Oh, I, I was like, oh, I want to go. I should take the RV up there. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I yeah. love going to stuff like that though. I mean, you learn yeah. so much. And sometimes I feel, you know, you have to kind of try dabble into different things. Um, because yes. like for me, I mean, I had to do some pretty intense, you know, one-on-one therapy. I've done EMDR. I even did a mm-hmm. ketamine journey, two of them. Um, just, I mean, you got to do whatever you have to do to break down those walls that are preventing you from being you, the true you. Yeah. And for me too, I went the therapy route in my twenties, got me really Mm -hmm. started, started finding my voice and then the spiritual development for me, that was a big part of uncovering, oh, that's the part of me that never had a voice. And then Mm -hmm. I've been to uh, like functional medicine to work on some stuff because the finer tuned I get with my intuitive awareness, then I have to adjust my body yep. too. And it's not a doctrine about only eat this, not eat that. I have to really, well, from my 
like right now I can't do sugar. Just forget mm. it. <laughs> you think a little bit can just sneak in here and there, you know, <laughs> gluten-free and all that for years and years. Um, yeah. But, you know, I have to keep fine-tuning and you get experts in those different areas. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Yeah, because everything, you're affected by what you eat, what you think, like the people that you're around. And the more and more that I think that you get closer to your authentic self, you want to maintain, you want to keep that alive. You don't want that to go, you you don't want it to get covered again and smothered. You can't really. I mean, it's always going to be there and it's either going to be another rug getting pulled out and spirits, your cheerleaders on your shoulder going, do you want it? Are you ready to take a look at that again? Yeah. And then you can choose. No, they go, your, your guide will go. Okay. And yeah. then another rug. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you really become your own teacher and student of your own life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And just like the guide, that's a teacher. We don't give up our power yeah. to them. They're a mm-hmm. teacher. And you take that information in and you go, okay, I understand this, or that's a good idea, or I don't get that yet. Or, you know, yeah. you take an instruction just like you would learning anything. You want to learn a new sport or something. Maybe yeah. you get a coach and you'll be a lot further along than if you right. learned on your own. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I always think like, even for me, for you, like we're catalysts. We're we're there to help people like, oh, like open your eyes, like take try this, look at this, like this can help you become your true self. This will make you like help you be happier and healthier. Like those are there's ton, and that's so great nowadays. There's tons of catalysts in the world <laughs> that can help you, right? Well, I mean, you're a big one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so amazing. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you. And and where can we find you? juliaherald.com. There's a free class for anybody on there. It feels like I'm sensitive or I want to separate what's my noise and what's somebody else's. Grab that free class. And I'm on all the socials, um, Facebook, Instagram, Julia Harold, Spiritual Guide. And uh, YouTube. I'm starting to build my YouTube channel again too, Spiritual Julia Harold Spiritual Guide. Me too. So there's some little teaching vignettes on there that I'll, I'll keep updating. Yeah. And this will be on YouTube as well. So I'll I'll tag you on there. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much, everyone. And have a great day. Did this podcast inspire you, challenge you, trigger you to make a change or spit out your coffee laughing? Good. Then there are three ways you can thank me. Number one, you can leave a written review of this podcast on Apple iTunes. Number two, you can take a screenshot of the episode and share it on the social media and tag me, Wendy Valentine. Number three, Share it with another midlifer that needs a makeover. You know who I'm talking about. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Get out there and be bold, be free, be you.